Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unfolding Sharp Corners, a podcast creating a common space for us to discuss all the taboo topics we're told not to talk about and how it shows up in our coaching and our lives. Each week, we'll discuss a taboo topic, our connection to it, and the questions we're exploring. So we invite you to share your own questions and insights so that we can learn together. We're your hosts, Sherry. Hi. And Barty. And this is Unfolding Sharp Corners. Hi, Sherry. Hi. <laughs> We're just in a silly mood today. <laughs> I know. Well, it's, I don't know if that's a silly times. It's, it's crazy and silly and wild times. So all is welcome. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so what's on our, on our topic list today? Mm. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that is most sharp and unfolding for me at the moment is this idea of um, holding two cultures um, now as an adult, um, as I do my own inner work and looking back and, and also what that was like growing up and how it still is with me today in ways that I am only now realizing, you know, and probably will continue to realize for the rest of my life. Yeah. 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 I love, I love this idea of like holding the two cultures, like growing up brown, growing up immigrant in, in America and having to hold both of those, like the elements of being Indian and growing up here, um, you know, our parents left their respective homes at a certain time. So it's kind of like a time capsule in their minds. Mm-hmm. And then they come mm-hmm. here and they're raising kids here and they're not, they didn't grow up here. So they're, you know, they're just here hustling and surviving. Yes. <laughs> so it's like very different, you know? Well, yeah. It actually, what you're saying reminds me of, um, there were times when we'd go back to India um, and go visit people. And as I got to be somewhere around like my teens, I was like, wow, I feel like I'm more Indian than Indian kids. And I think what you said about the time capsule of like, my parents were raising me like they were raised in their childhood mm-hmm. as opposed to how Indian kids, my age were being raised in India at that time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, I don't know about you, but like, like even though, um, there were uh, there's elements of that like you're you may be more indian did you ever get a sense of like belonging from the folks that were in india mm. i don't want to discount that you know when i did go back and we would spend summers there like my parents made that happen um it wasn't really necessarily within our access to be able to do so, but they, they pulled it together so that I would have connection to mm-hmm. India. So my trips there when I was younger would be for the summer. So a couple months. So that couple month time frame, like if it had been two weeks, probably not. Mm-hmm. But I think with it being a couple of months, every couple of years, like every three or four years we would go, um, that felt like I belonged for a while. Mm. Um, when I was younger, I think as I got older, like teens, you know, I used to, when I would go, I'd be able to speak my language within like 
a week. Or then the next time as I got older, it'd be like a month because I didn't speak my language when I was in America. Mm -hmm. And then as a teenager and I was a shy kid, I went back and my older cousins teased me about my pronunciation and my accent. And like, I just shut down and I had friends in America, actually Indian friends that teased my accent. And so I just shut down and I stopped speaking my language. And like sort of mm. since then, it's sort of been this, like, I love my family in India and we can't have real conversation or it's like very stifled, reserved conversation. So like, yes to belonging when I was younger and now, yes, but not in a like deep, like deep belonging. You know? Yeah. 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 There's this, um, for those, there's this like really terrible acronym that folks came up with. Um, and I don't know if you ever heard it, um, but it's called ABCD and yeah. it's American born confused Desi. And Desi just is like, um, it's kind of like a catch-all for South Asians, um, India, mm-hmm. Pakistan, Sri Lanka. It's it's like a catch-all for all of us. And and um, I think I've, you know, when I was growing up, it didn't irk me as much just because I didn't put too much thought to it. Um, but now, like, it bugs me because it's kind of like, what you're saying to me now is because my parents chose to create a better life, I now am a product of that. And you're saying that I'm American born and confused Mm. and therefore I can't even belong to the Desi culture because I'm American born confused. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like, did you have that term used against you? think purposefully no Mm -hmm. i'm i'm trying to think like um was it purposeful i don't think so i don't think anybody really means to 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 do that i I, like the same thing i I, i'm making up the story i'm making up is your cousins didn't you know or your friends didn't like mean to make fun of you so that you can stop using the language Mm-hmm. They thought it was just funny mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you didn't have the right accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because yeah, you're an American I, born confused Desi. <laughs> right. Right. I think like no one ever showed me that term or told me that term. I think I came across it. And to me, actually, it came as like, oh my God, I'm not alone. That no. explains why I'm feeling, because I grew up like, I didn't have Indian friends. Yeah. I had a few Sri Lankan friends, like family friends, but their kids were, you know, a good eight to 10 years younger than me. And so I, I've, I was like, I felt like I was alone in my world of being like Indian and caring to cultures. And most of my friends were white. I lived in a like white majority. Well, I'd say mixed white and white and black, but that was, that was like, it was the only brown Indian person there. And, um, so I just felt like no one got me. So when I saw that term, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I know some people use it in a derogatory way or at least in a like judging Snarky. way. Yeah. yeah. But like to me, I was like, all right, well, at least there's a term for it. At least I'm not alone in this you know, crazy yeah. feeling. Yeah. 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 Um, I think 
you know, I think in, in some ways I'm like super lucky because, and then others I'll, I'll say I wasn't, um, but I grew up around a lot of family and I had other cousins that were also American born confused daisies. (laughs) So we kind of shared that experience. Um, And I think what a, a huge turning point for me at least was college and um that's where i met my people that's where i met my group and i have a like some of my closest friends are from all different um ethnic ethnicities but most of them are immigrant children mm-hmm. and first generation and they too resonated with this narrative of, yeah, I kind of belong in India, Egypt, Dominican Republic or wherever. Right. Right. And I kind of belong here too. Like, but nobody understands this like gray, messy ground. Yeah. Yeah. What was your experience of that gray, messy ground like before college? I think, and I, and I think you, you, you'll um, see some similarities with you yourself. It's like, like it was like trying to hold, um, trying to figure out the niche. Where, where am I? Like, mm. who, who am I? Mm. Um, where am I? Who am I? Um, my mom and dad are, or or not just my mom and dad, but like people from my family or culture or whatever are telling me I have to be this people from this other culture that I live in and, and am involved in, in every single day life are telling me to be this, Hmm. how, how, like, how do I hold both? How do I be individualistic, but be a member of a community? How do I be, be white and brown? How do right. you do that? You can't. Did you, did you get any messages of assimilation from your family or your community? I don't think so. Again, I don't think it was like deliberate. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was deliberate at all. Um, I think, but there were like, um, there were certain things like, like don't um you know what actually i'm going to use hassan minaj as a really great mm. a- example he talks about this in um someone some audience member asks him a question about like oh when you went to ellen you did this beautiful thing of like correcting the way she says your name uh-huh and he goes you know the thing is and he goes off and he explains that whole experience and he's like you know the thing is it's like our parents, they came here and they don't ruffle any feathers. They don't, they don't do all of that because that's a tax they have to pay in order to survive here. But we are born here. We're not looking to survive. You know, we're looking to thrive here. And I think this is one of the main reasons why I became a coach. Um, 
even if I didn't consciously, even if I wasn't consciously aware of it, but there was something about bringing these tools back into my community, whether if it was on the smallest scale of bringing it within my family unit to the largest scale, becoming like the sought out Indian uh, mm. coach ever. You know? <laughs> like, like it did, like it, the scale didn't matter to me. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that. And I love that, you know, that to continue the Hassan Minaj piece, like there was a post or during quarantine, another question that he received and he, they were asking about, you know, he's uh, a new father Mm -hmm. and they're asking about, you know, what does that mean for him, for his baby? And he was talking about, being able to raise, I forget if he had a boy or a girl, I think it's a girl, oh, being yeah. able to raise his, his baby girl in a way that the balance of like immigrant humility and hustle, like still working hard, but in a way that she was like, but I, I'm from here and I belong here. Yeah. You know, and like, I deserve this and there's no doubt or question of that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So to answer the whole question of like assimilation, I think that like there is a, there is an element of assimilation that occurs naturally when mm-hmm. you choose to not ruffle any feathers. Mm-hmm. Um, when you choose to do these things, like I'm, I'm here to survive. This is a tax I pay. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think for me, you, my name has always been a thing. You know, it doesn't sound like how it looks. And and I used to joke about it a lot. You know, oh, it, you know, don't look at it or just say share E. And I've had to really come to a place of like, no, this is how you pronounce it. And like, you can do it. I used to have a sign that, that would spell it out, then give the phonetics. And then at the bottom in italics, really small, it says, you can do it. And, um, but it you know, I know that, like, for example, my dad, he simplified his name. He kept, he shortened it, like, formally changed his name so that to, like, belong, to make it easier to fit yeah. in. And when I was a kid, I didn't think twice about it. And now, like, as an adult, and I look back and see that, I feel really sad about it. Like, I'm glad if he wanted to do it, he did it. But I'm like, ah, why, you know, the forces, you know, that be, like, created that environment where you felt you had to change your entire name to fit in to make it easier and yeah I I I see I like what you're saying about the like not ruffling any feathers Mm -hmm. and and the many ways I saw my parents do that like just slip in but I have to credit my dad with being like even the the uncomfortable parts of him are a lot more aggression or a lot more like assertiveness you know depending on how you view it and fighting back you know and he doesn't talk about it much but he came here in the 70s and he talked about like the amount of racism he faced just to like keep his job and you know the number of times people tried to push him out you know from I mean it's just not like we're not talking like executive level jobs these are like technician jobs you know like every didn't matter what level yeah was that level of push um I had a question because I'm when when I talk about identity 
I realized for the longest time I identified as female first mm. and then later and even even then like class and then race mm-hmm. because for a long time like this is uh like because I think because I grew up mostly in a group of white friends I felt like yeah. I didn't notice my race as much until like maybe high school ish um where it became more and more clear but um I'm curious how you hold your your like identities race and even like where where does American fit in that mm-hmm. you know yeah. or, or if you don't see a distinction yeah this is such a great question because I think that this has been coming up for me more and more recently now um there's this whole like um like there's this whole thing like and I think we've talked about it before like if you don't see my brownness then you're kind of ignoring a huge part of my identity right if you don't see the fact that my parents are immigrants you're they're, you're completely erasing my story right mm-hmm. like you're, you're no like like you're not acknowledging that right? yeah and i want to i want to like i think language is important and i want to say they're not erasing it right like right. they're missing out they're missing uh, out on it yeah on on that element of me and yeah. that's their loss i want to be like because I, I hear that and I understand what you're saying. Like, like I totally get that. And I, I want to like choose language that puts the onus on them, them and the problem on them and not that like nobody can erase, Yeah, you know, that part of me. Yeah, no, I love what you're, what you're bringing into that. I didn't even um, think of it that way. I was just like, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but, but yeah, they're not, they're not um, acknowledging it it's them you know Mm -hmm. and by not acknowledging it it's kind of like you're simplifying me Mm -hmm. or you're ignoring me or or yeah you know like um and I'm not saying let's make everything about my ethnicity or or the color of my skin that that's not what this is about but it's just like you have to acknowledge that being a child of an immigrant holds a certain element of my identity Mm -hmm. um in terms of like how do I like look at myself I think I now look at myself as I think I also did the same thing before it would be like a woman um then it was like Indian would be like the the last thing right like um but now it's more like well no i'm a, a, you know first generation mm-hmm. immigrant right that would be part of it yeah. some some part of me is like i'm still because i still really don't have too many people around me that are indian like you're one of two <laughs> people that <laughs> interact with on a regular basis that are indian and like i'm still like what does it mean to be indian and in yeah. You know, for me, I, that's sort of where I'm at. So I'm, I'm just, um, what does that mean for you now that it, or whenever it was that Indian was sort of like on the later end of your, you know, yeah. how you saw yourself? Yeah. I, I mean, I took, there's like, the, 
for me, it's like, it's more about like, this is the culture of my people, mm-hmm. um, of my, of me, you know, um, there's a history that goes along with it. It's a messy history. Yeah. Um, there's like a lot of like anti-blackness in yep. India. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of colorism in India mm-hmm. that has a lot to do with 200 years of, you know, colonization, but mm-hmm. you know, um, that's there. Um, so, so for me, it's not like about ignoring those things. It's also, but it's also about like saying like, Hey, this is a complex, this is the complexity that's a part of my, my story. You know, um, colonization is a complexity, a part of my story. Partition is a complexity, a part of my story Mm. because none of that, like, just because I didn't personally experience it and I'm lucky not to have experienced it firsthand. My grandparents did. My great grandparents did. My parents Mm -hmm. did, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, I think that's more relevant. Uh, that's first before the whole uh, all the other identifiers mm-hmm. um, yeah and how is it today you know um, like how do you I think we've talked about like how holding two cultures well at least for me I've talked about what that was like younger and there's many many examples of that um and I'm also curious about today. Like, I feel differently today. Yeah. But I think that's because I, I live on, I live, like, my parents live in India and I live here. And so yeah. I'm not as influenced by them. I don't have yeah. to, like, carry two as much. And yeah. I don't know what that is for you. Yeah. I think now it's kind of like I'm dropping in. And I'm I'm hearing I'm sensing it's similar for your for you too. Like you're kind of dropping in to like oh, this is where I am. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. This is what I am. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like a little bit of like um, you know they always say like oh when you're in your 30s you'll see like you know things just kind of fall into place. When you're in your 40s like you're like really i would love for that to happen (laughs) i got two more years in my 30s come on bring it on (laughs) let it all fall into place there's but there's like a i think what they're trying to say is like as you get older you kind of like get more and more comfortable in your own skin yeah yeah you know yeah um and i think that that's what it is like not everybody wakes up or not everybody's born and like oh yeah I'm going to run, like, you know, they're not overconfident, like, like a certain population. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So we have like a lot more battles to fight <laughs> for mm. us to get more and more comfortable in our skin. And I think that that's true for, for many women. Yeah. That is, that's the reason I coach is that like, we have to, we swim in that in all different gender, race, all kinds of ways we swim in sort of the assumptions and we take those on and internalize them unless someone in our family or somewhere has sort of disrupted that for us. And then when we try to go be amazing, become an executive or start a business or 
you know, launch your art project, whatever it is, that like all the saboteurs, all the things that come up and get in our way, realizing how much of that is not our voices and has sort of been programmed or put in there and like undoing that, like getting those things out of our heads to like, because yeah. I know that for me, that's my experience is like, I have to undo so much to like keep going. Yeah. And, and I'm still learning all the things that I've sort of internalized and need to like let go of, you know? Yeah. And it's only been a journey for the last, since I was maybe 30. Yeah. Know? What's that been like for you? Like, um, it's been a few years of going through that journey. I'm, I'm curious, like, what have been like some of the revelations or like what has, what have you learned or not learned yet? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I have a long way to go. Um, I think it's lifelong work because even though like those things, let's say I like, even 30 years of swimming in that, but they're like 30 really formative years, especially the early ones. And so the undoing is not going to happen in 30 years. It's if I'm working at it, you know, it'll happen, but it's like, so I think there's like, there's a meta thing of like being okay with that slow unraveling and undoing. But I think, I think the, in the beginning, it was just personal growth, right? The obsession with personal growth that is both exciting and also it's still a product of capitalism. Mm -hmm. Like I'm here and I need to get here. I'm not enough until I get here. And there's some end goal that then I will be good enough to do whatever. Yeah. And that was the first couple of years, you know? And then it's a realization of like, one, it's not never that straightforward. There's not a clear straight plan. I mean, the my inner project manager was like, I, I make it a plan to undo everything and like, you know, be whole and be complete. Um, and that's not going to happen. And then comes the like realization of like how much of those things have been put into you. There was a moment of like, wait, who am I even if these things hadn't happened? I've read something lately or recently around like how your personality is created by the traumas you face, right? Like that you shift in a certain direction to keep yourself safe as a child. Mm -hmm. And those things are how you interact with the world. And that becomes what we call personality, but it's wow. also in, impacted by like how your, you know, your attachment styles or, you know, any traumas or like intense abuses that you might've faced as a child or just moving or whatever, you know, like right. those things, change who you are so I think a lot of realization and acceptance like it's been a lot of like actually I'm good as I am and who I am is good and there that is a hard thing at least for me a hard thing for me to like be okay with and it's then realizing okay what are the what are the things what are the saboteurs showing up when I say that that yeah. I'm good that I'm pro, that I'm like fine as I am then it's like those are the voices to be dealing with and I think the the other thing is like, but this is like, I don't know, to me, it's, even though it's painful, sometimes it's the joy of life is like getting to know yourself, you know, and it's going to mm -hmm. take a lifetime. And that's, that's good. You have mm -hmm. a lifetime of getting to know yourself ahead of you. And that's beautiful. Yeah. And 
and as you go, you're also showing other people the way and you have the opportunity to prevent that for other people or help people get there faster. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's been, it's also like this. Learning. Yeah. I, I also, ima- I'm, I'm totally imagining like, even like it's um so informative. Like just if you had a kid or if you have a nephew or niece or whatever, like the, information you get or gain from understanding all of that can be so helpful when you're raising your kid and then you could do it consciously you know yes like oh I don't want my kid to go through x y and z (laughs) I'll be more mindful about this. I know. I wished so much. I was an only child, so I had no siblings. And like college is a great example where I'm like, I really wish I had someone to have, you know, guided me. Like my parents didn't know how to navigate yeah. American education system and what, how many credits I should, like I overdid it. <laughs> my credits or how to handle like being in college and what that meant. And mm-hmm. that, you know, you could explore a million different areas of life in at college and to value life outside of classrooms during college and just sort of that guidance um and I don't I think that's like for first generation kids no matter what your culture is is like navigating American cultural systems and you know or things like having social capital you know that someone to help you move around and up and understand the world yeah. It was like, it would have changed my entire path in life. Still happy with where I am, but I know that I would have gotten, I feel like I would have gotten more good with myself sooner, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely like, um, I had, I mean, I had cousins, but like, listen, that doesn't matter. It's it's so different when it's your own sibling or your parent mm-hmm. navigating that for you or helping you with all of that. Um, but I definitely feel that as well on such a deep level. And like being the oldest, mm. like I had to nav like I had to really navigate that like completely alone. You were the and, first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's not to discount my parents didn't help at all. They right. did, but they're they're helping with the mindset of how do we survive in this country, right? Yeah. Like yep. they're they're coming from um no, Indian people don't do that. Like mm-hmm. no, we don't major in art. No, we right. don't we don't we don't major in sociology. Doctor, lawyer, um, engineer. Yeah, like no go just go do computer engineering no you can't do that other thing no you can't do this other thing and it was like so like aggravating oh my god I was so angry at my parents for so long yeah like it was just so aggravating I was like my head is gonna explode with all of the restrictions because now I have like only like three things to choose from no yeah and it was just like really frustrating um 
and like even like writing the essay and this and that like I was just like it's a lot to put on a 17 year old as it is Mm -hmm. in general adding the element of you don't have anyone guiding you through that process yeah yeah It took me a long time to come to compassion and empathy for my folks to realize like they wanted me to be safe and secure. They wanted economic security for me so that I would be fine, you know, and, but it took a long time to get there. And that, that guidance isn't just college, right? That's like your whole life. And then the workplace is its own whole new jungle to, to navigate, you know, and like, nobody you're just out there on your own until you take a class or you were lucky enough to have a mentor or somebody like that you know yeah it's just you're figuring it all out on your own yeah yeah there is like this whole like like you're just just having to figure it out on your own your own there's like this um scariness that comes with it and it's just like can and I don't think I don't even think that I, and I, I want to know if you did, but I don't even think I realized the the bigness of it or the heaviness of it until much later. Like, mm. oh my God, I was doing this on my own? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Yes, I agree. I, I mean, I feel like I have that thought quite regularly when I'm like, whoa, I did that and I did that and I did it. Like in the time I was doing it, I'm like, I was either blissfully ignorant and just like, no, I like, I just saw myself as equal, which there's some part of me that's like kind of wants a little bit of that blissfulness back of like not realizing how many things were up. I was up against and just like powering Mm -hmm. through, Mm -hmm. but there's the downside of that or the shadow was like, I was also beating myself up of like, why can't I do this? I'm not good enough. You know, like not, not looking at it from a, there are systemic forces against me, but that it was a personal fault, Yeah, you know? And it took a long time to realize, like, if there was a personal fault, there were lots of things I could have done, but I was doing those things and there was lots of things still I was coming up against. Mm-hmm. And to, to, to realize, like, no, you're not crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. That wasn't just hard because it was hard. It was mm-hmm. hard because it's your woman, because you're from color, right? mm-hmm. because you're first generation. Mm-hmm. You know, like there, there's lots of reasons why that was hard. That is not your own personal fault. Yeah. And there's a lot of burden that you carry that you don't know that you carry until later. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, what am I still carrying right now? What am I going to know 10 years from now that I'm going to be like, oh, Sherry. Yeah. You were carrying that. You didn't have to. Yeah. Oh my God. I I love what you're saying. Like, like this idea of our pursuit to our futures or our happiness or success, mm-hmm. whatever. It's like, it's, there's so many hurdles and I, and I don't mean like hurdles in the sense of like physical barriers. Like just, if you don't know, you don't know, or yeah. Or you don't know the you don't know the dean of admissions. He doesn't play golf with your dad, right. or his mom doesn't play squash with his mom. <laughs> like, like, whatever you know. Yeah. Like I'm making up these wild stories. No, it's true. So then, how do you get access to like a Princeton or a Yale? Not that I'm suggesting right. we wanted to go there. Right. Just, but like, how do you even do that? Like, you don't. You you. Um, 
there's this assumption of a level playing field until you realize that it's not a level mm-hmm. playing field. And then when you have that assumption, you're like, oh, wow, they're really, they must be so smart because they're doing so well. No. And, and you're like, you, you take it upon yourself, right? Yeah. As, yeah. as like a personal fault. And then when you, there's sort of like a moment where you, the like lens shifts a little bit and then you see it for real and you're yeah. like, Oh, and that, I'm not saying thing. that's one moment. That's yeah. like a, a couple of years Lifetime. of time where you're like, oh, 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 oh I'm like really like yeah. playing on this different playing field over here. And, yeah. You know, they have all, it's that, that image of that, um, a man and a woman climbing a ladder, right? And the man's ladder has like a million steps and he can jump there and he's like got all the extra tools and the woman has like one step and then it's like a mile before her next step and he's like come on why can't you keep up you know yeah. It's yeah. that 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 sort of you don't realize that you know yeah and that the ladder looks like that yeah and um I don't know that's that is the like the guide the ultimate guidance I would have wanted mm-hmm. is someone not saying it in the like well you're screwed but saying like hey here's the reality yeah and, and I think, you know, you hear it in different phrases of like, women have to do everything, work, you know, double and, yeah. you know, all the things yeah. and do it in heels so and three times as hard, right, whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you hear it. And I, and I think that's you know, even more so for people who are black or, people, you know, all levels of oppression in this country, mm-hmm. you have to deal with that. And we have it better than others, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. But it's like, if someone could lay that out from the beginning in a way that feels like age appropriate and clear, like there's still ways around this. There's still Mm -hmm. ways. It's hard, but I want you to know that. So you don't beat yourself up. Yeah. That you don't let it hurt you and you don't take it on internally to hurt yourself. You know, that's what I don't want. I want people to like, pursue the things that they want to pursue and if they're having inner critics really understand if that's coming from me or if that's coming from you know what the culture is that we live in yeah there's um there's two things that you're saying that are like coming up for me and like one of them is just like you know um because there's this and I, I'm not, I don't want to get into the business of like blaming our parents. Like that, that's not what I'm trying to do here, but it's like, they didn't know that they had to teach us how to handle failure or how to handle setbacks or what a setback even is. So there's like the element of like, you're going to have these hurdles and step setbacks because the system is set up in a way where you're not going to be where that person is. Mm-hmm. It's going to take you that much more work to get there, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's like the eloquently addressing that. And then the second piece of that is like, you know, how do you even handle something like it? And then the grief of um, having the setback and then this feeling of like holding the two cultures, mm-hmm. it's like, this whole mixture of this, like this area is just like, there's so much that um, I feel like, I feel like that now, 
with the work that I've done, I've started to be able to even put a label on. Mm -hmm. And I love that you're bringing in grief to it because I think what I'm experiencing now as I look back is some element of like, gosh, what my life could have been, you know, at the and the ultimate cost to me of oppression is that you don't get to have your full life because you don't have access to everything because things are held back away from you, whatever that, and you have to work like triple as hard to get whatever. It's just like, we get one life, you know, and that you don't get to have the same joys and pleasures and safety and security and love and life because of the way it's set up is like that angers me. It makes me so mad. And I don't know. I just, that's the thing that feels so when you realize it, when you start to hit that realization and you see the playing field, there's sort of a like, there's both anger and then underneath of that is it's sadness. It's like, wait, that's my life you're messing with. You know, there's so much potential, so many things that, that could be in the world if we allowed everyone to like thrive and fulfill their purpose, Mm -hmm. you know, that is held, made harder, you know, for yeah. different people in different ways, but it's made further. Yeah. And it shouldn't be that way. We're, we're losing out. The world is losing out. Yeah. The world is losing out by like not seeing all the greatness. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's like this, this I'm missing out on you a hundred percent because, mm-hmm. um, because of all of the, 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 shit you've had to deal with right and and same goes for you like you're missing out on me 100 percent. like um every time we doubt ourselves every time we doubt ourselves every time we doubt ourselves and we don't take action or we take action slower than another person would Mm -hmm. is like you're over time that adds up to so much yeah and it's it's such a shame and such a loss not just to that person, to, to oh. so many others. And it, it's, it pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> it just pisses me off. It pisses me off. That's it. Yeah. 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 Like the, I, I, you know, the, there's like this thing, like I think about always like, man, I, I wish I just ignored my parents and and it's not like again not knocking them they didn't Mm -hmm. know they were just only trying to make me like succeed and to them success like again my parents also came in 70s success to them looked like you have a job and you have money coming in and of course right oh my kids have to make more money than I did of course yeah I get that you know um right your life purpose and fulfillment was not their concern. It was that you're yeah. safe. You have money. Yeah. And Secure. You're, you don't. Yeah. Because they, yeah. Probably, I don't know about your family. My, my parents weren't, you know, yeah. they had to, they got there eventually, but they wanted yeah. me to never have to deal with that. Yeah. Same. Yeah. My parents didn't either. Um, you know, my parents, you know, quite frankly, struggled 
a lot in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my mom talks about it very like, like with disbelief sometimes, like we used to live in like a studio apartment or whatever. And like, or a one bedroom apartment was a four of us. And like, you know, now we have like a regular home in like the suburbs, yeah. you know, like it, it's like a huge deal for them. And I, and I even think about that, like, wow, you know, they, the circumstances that they raised me and my sister, um, you know, in were wildly different than the circumstances that my nieces are growing up mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. So they did it right in the they ultimate at the end, they did yeah. their job, you know, which yeah. is to further their family line exactly. into a place of safety and security. Yeah. 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 And you know, Yes. And it still sucks that yeah. I didn't get to pursue totally. 100%. Right. So this is the other part of this is like this, this now as an adult, yeah. as I look back and I see these things and like the wishes I wish, you know, how I wish I'd gotten different things from my family or somebody to give me guidance is then this like other guilt, right? This like mm, yes. mixture of like, wait what about my life and then like but also I can't complain yeah they did so much you know the like very first gen you know immigrant thing is like they gave so much like sacrifice so much for me who am I to be thinking about my life purpose or wanting to pursue art or you know like I had an engineering job if I had stuck with it like I I'm sure I would be very well off right now yeah and and safe and secure but i'd probably also be miserable because it just wasn't aligned with who i am yeah but like at that moment that decision point to move away from this more standard traditional successful career was a moment of like you know i'm sure it was really hard for my parents to hear that you know we worked so hard to get you there and to you you did it you met that you know and now you're turning it away and like just the like the torment of those feelings in that moment and and afterwards of like maybe I should have because that was I've taken a lot of career risks since then yeah and and I'm much happier but not as financially secure as I was then yeah so like who was right you know yeah yeah and you know the thing is to it and to be like like our pursuit of happiness is not it's like it's not that they don't want us to be happy of course they want us to be happy their definition of happy extremely varies from our definition of happy their definition of happy includes safety and security financial safety and security and ours includes like um feeling full and living on purpose and you know all these other elements right so they're you know both definitions can be true yes and and it sucks that we feel guilty about it yeah yeah (laughs) yeah because even like recording this i'm like oh man if my parents listen to this they're like mom and dad thank you I love you yeah. I appreciate everything of course and you know but it's like that in itself is its own like level of 
slowing down, you know, where you slow down to think about guilt or you question yourself. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a different thing to carry. Yeah. And, and it's just like, listen, you know, it's this, this desire to, to be happy by our definition. Um, it doesn't discount wanting to be happy by their definition. Mm -hmm. Listen, if I can do both, I am. Hell right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I want to, and I'm trying to for sure. Right. Yeah. right. Like, this is why, you know, this is why we do, we do this, right? Like, you know, this is why we um, get involved with these different projects or get, in, you know, do the coaching thing. Like all of that is in pursuit of, both of our yeah. definitions of happiness yeah. and both, both have, both definitions are, are good. They're right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've been sort of wanting to make a distinction to sort of a little bit of a tangent, but mm -hmm. um, I also think I want to name that this is not true for every first gen of person. Right. Like I think class plays a difference and like, I think there's some elements of the truth for, but if you came in starting off with a lot of money, like if your family was already like in a career that was making lots of money and you, you probably still didn't have like, I don't know, I can't speak to someone else's experience, but you might not have had the like cultural guidance of navigating America. Yeah. But you might have also had different expectations or different, I guess I want to like say that our conversation is not universal. Yeah. And, and not to be taken as like um, every child of immigrants experience. I think there are threads that are universal, but also that there's a different, I think class plays a difference too, you know? Yeah, I I'm I'm with you on this. Like, I think um, sex is gonna play a difference. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think class is gonna play a difference. Um, the I'm sure, like elements of um, two uh, working family member, like you know, both parents yeah. working versus only one parent working. Um, the types of jobs even they hold, right? Mm -hmm. Like, are you working in an office environment? Are you like more of a blue right. collar worker? Like right. all of, all of that is going to play such a huge role in what your um, experience is. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It felt important to, to say that because yeah. thinking that, you know, that, that, that makes a difference too. Mm -hmm. It does. It does. Do you, um, <laughs> this is like totally a little bit of a left turn too, but, um, speaking of, it could be different for your experience, but like, do you ever look at like family members or, or other, um, first gen immigrants like that are doing it the way their parents wanted them to do it? And you're just like, oh man. Like, I wonder what that's like for them. <laughs> like, do you, is there a little bit of that going on for you? I think there's a mix. There's the people who didn't give a shit and did what they wanted to do anyway. Mm -hmm. And that, that, those people I'm like, 
Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I wish I had Those done that. Those are my that. people. Yeah. I would like... <laughs> I wish I could have done that. And then there's the, the people who are still in those like traditional careers. Mm-hmm. I don't know because I can't, I don't want to like, just because their parents wanted them to be a doctor, lawyer, and doesn't, it doesn't mean, mean that maybe they do enjoy it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Totally. And if that's, if that's true, wonderful. Like, I yeah. think that's the key part. But if you're in it and not loving it. Yeah. And then can't make the shift or change because of family pressure you know, if you, it's yeah. your own pressure or something else, it's one thing. But if it's like, if you don't have the freedom to live your life true to yourself mm-hmm. because of cultural pressures, that's where I feel. I feel like my yeah, heart breaks a heart, little. Yeah. There's also like something that's coming up for me is like, I'm also wondering, like, I want to challenge that a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. is it just cultural pressure or is it like you now believe the cultural mm-hmm. pressure to be true? Like, um, and I guess I'm not challenging, you know, I'm pushing it like a little. Yeah, because, well, I think, I think the, I'll, I'll speak to my culture, like my specific family's culture and pressure on doctor, lawyer, engineer, like ties really well into American culture of mm-hmm. success and climbing the ladder Definition, and all of those yeah. things, right? So it's like, it's, it's really hard to break free of. I really... I think about my own experience and I think it was like such a like strong bodily reaction to like, this is not for me that made me change. Um, but you have to be in, you have to be receptive to that, you know, and, and realize that that it, if it is your career, then you have to realize that it is your career and, and shift from there. So I, I think it's like those forces tie in so well and so like so it like doubles up on you then immigrant hustle like all the things sort of like the the gratitude the the like oh you did everything for me I'm gonna like carry this torch forward it could be that it's so internalized and and maybe or and I also want to say that as a like maybe it's appropriately maybe they wanted to uh, yeah. maybe that felt right for them and is internalized appropriately yeah yeah totally yeah i'm not questioning it like i'm not challenging it or questioning it because like i i want to make it wrong but right yeah like uh i want to i i think i want to acknowledge that um that it it could just be internally like the thing that you want to do Mm-hmm. or it could be internalized and you think you want to do it mm-hmm. so like if this is how do you a, know the difference i think you're gonna listen to this and you're gonna get tingles in your belly <laughs> it's gonna be like this feels weird <laughs> you're gonna feel like uncomfortable a little bit like you're yeah. gonna be like what what this is making me feel a little bit weird this topic is confusing me mm-hmm. um when you read that you know blog post about it or or whatever what have you the way you're going to know the difference is it's making you feel something inside of your body. And Mm -hmm. this, and we've talked about embodiment and like how important it is to, to notice what's happening in your body because your body gives you signals all of the time. Um, Like I was, somebody was telling me the other day, like, you know how we have neuropathways in our brain we actually have neural pathways in our gut too. Yes. 
So like those jittery feelings you're getting, like, oh, I have butterflies in my belly. Like that is real. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, have you read about polyvagal theory? Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean that like brain gut, not just gut, all whole body conversation that's happening between your all brain the time. and body all the time. All the time. And like, what is it called? Uh, proprioception or neuroception? That like neuroception. That, yeah. Yeah. That like, that like when you walk into a space and you know something's like, off. Whoa. Yeah. It's like, you don't know how you know it, but you know it. That's that. You know? That's that. Exactly. That's like, um, I mean, you know, just to, to like talk about this a little bit further is like, we talk a lot about intuition when we go mm-hmm. through coaching coursework, right? Yeah. Um, use your intuition, like use your intuition to like guide you to ask the next question, really listen to the client, you know, and the reason why they train us to do that is because if we just silence and just pay attention, that that's going to happen. Your body's talking to you all the time. Yeah. All the time. But we just ignore it. To listen. Yeah. 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 I mean, we've talked about that before. It's your mother tongue. It's your body's language. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I want to like also know that we're like coming up on our time. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, if, if you're feeling complete there, like I think there's a nice little assignment there around, noticing yeah 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 definitely like whoever you are if you're a child of immigrants if you're brown if you're not brown like whatever like what is your body telling you when either when you hear this conversation or when you see someone and you're feeling envious of them or you're feeling inspired by someone like Mm -hmm. the feelings of contraction and the feelings of expansion and Mm -hmm. like, what's, what's your body saying? Yeah. What's the roller coaster you're going on? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cause it's constant. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's constant. So just like pay attention to, to that, like walk into a space and be like, whoa, what am I feeling here? You know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And trust it. I think yeah. that's been a long lifetime thing of realizing like, oh, everything I'm feeling, the gut and the reaction, whatever, is actually right. Mm-hmm. And now how do I want to use that in mm-hmm. intentionally and kindly? You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh man, I am complete. <laughs> yes, me too. And I feel like I could also talk about this for hours. Of course. It's, you know, our lived experiences and it's always interesting to talk to someone else. Yeah. With, you know, experience something similar. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Wait, let me... So yeah, good session. Yes, thanks you. Thank you, Barty. Thanks for the conversation. Yeah, thank you, Sherry. Such a beautiful conversation. I loved it. Yes. I will talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on Unfolding Sharp Corners. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to explore more corners with you. See you next week.